Hey, this is Ali Ciardo, and I'm back with a new interview. This week it's with Stephanie Fishbein, and I love a good story about somebody who has taken action on their goals and just gone out, maybe taken some risks, and made it happen. And Stephanie is 100% that kind of person, so I love her story. I think you'll find it really inspirational. And if you haven't had a chance yet to go through my three-day crash course, you can go to photofieldnotes.com slash crash course to go through that, get lots of tips on how I attract clients, how I work with clients, you know, basically a whole rundown of everything I do in my business. There's a lot of great information there. So check that out at photofieldnotes.com slash crash course, and we will get into the interview now. Welcome to the Photo Field Notes podcast, where you'll find stories, tips, and inspiration from professional photographers to get you taking action in your own business and making your business dreams a reality. Hey, this is Ali Ciardo with the Photo Field Notes podcast, and today I'm talking with Stephanie Fishbein, and she has a really fun story in terms of building her photography career and just taking on challenges and building the life that she wanted to create for herself. So Stephanie, let's get into it. You have a great story, and I just want to give you a chance to tell it. So go ahead and start at the beginning. Okay. Hi, everybody. I actually, way back when in high school, I was a theater major. So that kind of jump-started me taking photos because I was the one with the camera <laughs> all the time. And they were like, hey, we are having our show. Can you take headshots for everybody to put in the lobby? And I was like, sure. And from there, people were like, wait, that looks really good. You should kind of think about doing that. <laughs> and so I took a few classes in high school, and I just loved it. I fell in love. I do have a background. My dad went to school at Art Center College in Pasadena for photography. And so it kind of was just in my blood a little bit. And I loved it. I loved seeing people's reaction, I think, was my favorite part, um, more than just getting a pretty photo. I think the thrill I got when I see somebody's face light up when they like actually like a picture of themselves right because that's that's a yes. pretty good achievement yes <laughs> and so yeah then I decided to kind of go full force so right as I graduated high school I moved to Paris to study at Parsons Paris School of Art and Design and it was a very rigorous crazy time um, where I was basically living in a photo lab. <laughs> I did not go home very much because it was um, a lot of time just editing and film developing and just being in a dark room for hours and hours. But I was living in Paris, so it was pretty, it was pretty okay. Yeah, so why Paris? I mean, as somebody, when you're coming out of high school, that's such a big step. How did you decide on Paris and making it um, like such a big leap? That, yeah, it was epic. I was always that girl. Like, I'm not from necessarily a small town. I'm from Culver City, which is kind of the film capital of L.A. Um, so we're like a city suburb. But I always had that mentality, I need to get out of here. So, you know, go across the country, I mean, across the world. <laughs> and I also actually have family there. So my aunt and my cousins live there, and I actually lived with them. So free room and board was a great incentive. Nice. Yeah, to be so far away, it's nice to have family there. Absolutely, absolutely. It saved me. You know, home-cooked dinners in college is ideal. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so that's why I picked Paris, because it's a very inspiring city in itself, a lot of art um, that you're just constantly surrounded by. I had a five-hour lecture class, and most of that class was spent going to museums around the um, city and 
um, our homework was we had to do two museums a week and come on, what other city can you really do that? Nice. <laughs> it was wonderful. And I'm guessing, side note, I'm guessing that you spoke fluent French when you moved there? <sighs> you would think with AP <laughs> under my belt, but no. And since Parsons is actually the New York school, so this was just a branch they had. So the, oh, okay. the whole school was taught in English. Got it. Okay. So I unfortunately did not pick up that much French. Other than <laughs> my uncle, who is a French man, um, who only speaks French, but other than that, no, I wish. <laughs> um, but it taught me a lot of, about portraiture because I was doing mostly street photography for all my assignments. And I was just like in awe with just people in their daily life and just capturing moments that normally you won't see unless you look for it. And I think that really made me continue with the love I had for doing this. Uh, so after Parsons, I went back to LA for a little while, did some GE. I worked for a vintage clothing company. I worked for a promotion uh, products company and I was just kind of doing anything I could to keep doing photos while finishing school. You were still finishing and these were like, um, were they like gigs, like contract work or were you on an, as an employee? Did you apply to those jobs? Um, actually it was luckily word of mouth the vintage clothing company she was looking for like a right hand girl and someone who could take pictures of the products and help with marketing and all that stuff and social media which luckily is all kind of under the branch of a photographer which is wonderful uh kind of built in and that actually led to me realizing i should go finish my schooling in marketing so i actually went back to school in boston at emerson college for marketing and that's where I finished. I worked on a magazine there where I was the photo director. And so I got to like style all these shoots and I got to work with all these photographers and it was amazing. But at the end of the day, I was realizing that as much as I love all the styling and all the collaboration throughout all the artists at the magazine, I kind of was sad that it was gone first, gone right away. Like the magazine came out, it was viewed and that was it. And it was just like, I wanted a little bit more out of it. Yeah, that's good. I mean, then that kind of goes back to knowing your why in photography and in business, because I have a really similar, what I used to do with Mars market research, so it wasn't the same at all, but it was that same fleeting feeling, and I wanted to do something with longevity, and that was why. So I never thought about that. Like, yes, of course, there are tons of really cool, beautiful things you can do in photography, but if it still has that fleeting feeling and that doesn't connect to your why and why you want to be doing it, then it might not be a fit. So anyway, carry on. <laughs> no, that, all that is 100% what I was feeling. And I felt sad because I was like, no, I wanted to move to New York City and work at a magazine. And that was the dream. Like, you know, America's Next Top Model was my, my favorite show because I got to watch the photo shoots. And so it was all kind of sad. But then I happened to see somebody's, somebody's engagement photos and was like, wait a minute those are stunning and those are real people and they love those photos but it's all styled wait 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 and so that is when I was like okay I'm about to graduate I need to find my path and I really like this wedding idea because it looks like you know you have the floors you have the the planner you have the cake you have the invitations you have so much that is planned and styled and thought about and so it's still got that Mm, like photo shoot-esque feel 
and everybody's pretty and dolled up. Yeah, it's not everyday life. Like we can no. admit that, right? <laughs> no, and it's it's so beautiful to see all the pieces come together for one day. And then those images, you know, knock on wood, are cherished for lifetimes. And it's, it's like, I still look at my parents. I mean, the 80s were not the most flattering, <laughs> but they're beautiful. And they showed their story. And I think the story was what attracted me so much about weddings aside from all the styling and everything. So I was like, great, yes. So I moved to Seattle. Wow, you've <laughs> been everywhere, okay. <laughs> yes, I cannot sit still apparently, but uh, <laughs> I moved to Seattle. I found a wedding photography company there who happened to be looking for a second shooter. Um, literally within a month after graduating, I started doing weddings with them. I did about 30 that first summer. All as a them. second shooter, right? Yes, as a second shooter, mm-hmm. sorry, yes. As a yep. second shooter, and I, was like, hey guys, like I love this, and they thought I was like I had that that eye, you know, that they say you have as a photographer. <laughs> I was like, great, wonderful. I really want to do this under my own name because unfortunately, um, in the contract, I couldn't keep the photos, so I had literally no evidence that I had ever helped or shot a photo- uh, wedding, and that was really getting to me. And I was like, guys, I really want to do this under my own branch. I would love to work with you, but I want to start my own thing. And they were like great but Seattle you have a very small window if you go back home it's like a all year round um, in, in LA and I was like ooh yeah maybe I should do that so I I left around November so I was there for about nine months and then I came back to LA and again left for Europe <laughs> apparently and I wanted to be seen as a destination wedding photographer so I got an elopement in Stockholm, I got an engagement in Paris, and I got portraitures in like Rome, Granada, Spain, and Copenhagen. Okay, so, wait, stop. Yes, sorry. <laughs> yeah, you got, oh, and I got a portraiture in Granada, and yeah, so so how does that happen? You know, like, you make it sound easy, oh, and then I went to LA, but then I went to Europe, and I got all of these great sessions. <laughs> oh my God. No, honestly, it's just... <sighs> I, it's not luck. I know people mm-hmm. over there. I have a lot of family. Like I said, I have family in Rome and I have family in Paris. Happened to be that my Roman cousin was studying abroad in Granada. Okay. So I, I stayed with her. But prior to that, while I was planning my Europe trip, I, I wanted to, my goal was to have a photo shoot in every single country. Um, and I was went to seven countries. So I ended up with about four countries of photo shoots. The Stockholm um, elopement actually was crazy because the night I flew in, I was I was staying with some friends there, and we went to an art show. And at the art show, I met this um, really nice girl, and she was like, "Hey, my friend is actually eloping at the beautiful like Castle City Hall tomorrow, but they don't have a photo- photographer. Would you do that?" Oh my gosh! And I was like, hmm. "I was yeah." I <laughs> for a while, I was like. Is this real? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but let's take that because obviously you you studied there, you have family there, you were taking these events. And at this at this point, maybe it was more like building your portfolio because once you have an, an elopement in Stockholm, an engagement in Granada, all these different things in beautiful places, um, you can use that to then build out more. So how could you translate that into advice for people who maybe don't have someone who they randomly run into who's looking for an, an elopement tomorrow in Stockholm or, you know, if they want to build something really, truly unique or like become a destination photographer, what advice do you have for those people? Um, I think the online communities, even honestly just Facebook and 
itself is a great tool if you kind of just shout out to people. Be like, I know this is a reach, but is there a couple in this location that wants to get free photos? You know, free photos is great when you're starting out because, you know, it's a win-win. You get portfolio images and you can also use it to hopefully get into magazines and, you know, free marketing. It's It paid for itself at the end. And then you also make connections there and like hopefully they will keep your name and love your photos. So yeah, I would reach out on social media platforms or just anywhere online. Like I know some people who have used like even Craigslist, like just to get started, get the ball rolling and it helps. Like you, you, you aren't, you know, priced the way you want, but you can use those images to then make your brand and build it from the ground up afterwards. Yeah. And in, in listeners, if you go back to my interview with Christy Ryan, she has kind of a similar story in that she, I think she put together like a styled shoot in Paris. So she completely styled the shoot because she knew she wanted to have something like that in her portfolio. So I do think you're right. You, Instead of sitting back and saying, okay, this photographer is a destination photographer. How cool, how lucky. And you, of course you were really lucky in a lot of cases, but you also took a lot of action and a lot of initiative, right? So yes, those happen chance things happened, but you also put yourself out there, put the word out there, went there, took those took those risks and took that action instead of just saying, gosh, I wish I could do that myself. Yeah, exactly. No, I was not, as you can see, I couldn't sit still even in location. <laughs> yeah. Even within that, like I don't I don't like sitting around. I don't like it coming to me. I feel like even if it is coming to me, that means I should be putting it out twice as much so that, you know four times as much come back to me like I just think it's a it's a flow that you need to put out and give and yeah yeah, okay so where did you go from there so you start shooting these really awesome different elopements and engagement shoots all over the place and then what did you do well so the summer right before I left I um found two couples who were brave enough to hire me for their wedding because I had I had when I was leaving Seattle I had put out the word that I hey I want to shoot weddings down in LA anybody have a wedding I'll give you a beautiful budget (laughs) I would love to do that so both of my weddings were up in the Bay Area and one of those and my Paris engagement photos both got published while I was in Europe and that kind of let me feel comfortable coming home and just going full into the business and using those publication as like my main like source of hey I'm real and I can do this and I can make you some really beautiful photos um I also did two workshops so I did field trip which I know you know people come from around the world so you might know it but field trip in um the Santa Barbara area was fantastic sleepaway camp for photographers like what can't be better than that fun yeah (laughs) Uh, and then a smaller um film-based workshop up in the Bay Area so that I could have more wedding shots that were on film, which was something I wanted to incorporate a lot. Okay, let's get into two areas there. First, I want to go back into the publishing. So and then I want to get into the film. So publishing, when you said you got so basically, you you did those, those shoots, those sessions, you got them published. Um, did you go out there and find someone to publish? Of course you had to do something. <laughs> like People aren't like, oh, I found, maybe they did. Oh, I found this wedding randomly. But how did you go about getting yourself published in those early days? Um, I, yeah, I submitted all my work myself. So I just went to like the online submission pages of these, like, you know, um, 100 layer cakes, green wedding shoes. So I have a list above me. So I'm looking at them. Snippet ink, uh, inspired by this, 
ruffled all of those you know I just I I every shoot I had I submitted even if I didn't think it was very pretty I was just you know what it can't hurt it'll also get your name into these magazines like so that they kind of are familiar with you maybe you guys start following each other on social media so that when they see something they like they contact you um so yeah I submitted that one wedding um they actually did not like that first wedding I submitted they were like you know what not our style, but this is beautiful. Then they happened to go on my blog, see the other wedding from that summer, and they loved it. And nice. so they were like, can we use this one instead? And I was like, yeah, you take whatever you like. I will I will love it all. So that's how that one got published. And then I submitted the engagement to Trendy Bride magazine. And I think because it was Paris, it, it was a little more helpful. Um, but it was also really sweet and cozy. It was a fall engagement, you know, so we're just like walking around Notre Dame, and it was just cafe-esque and blah blah so yeah that's kind of how I did those publications nice well yeah and I think that's the lesson there is you know if you can find something with a bit of a unique angle and obviously take it with beautiful photos but then then do the work to submit and I've I've found that yeah if you're going to take the time and even if you get rejected because they already had a session like that or they it's just not the right time or maybe like the details aren't right for what they're looking for that doesn't mean you should give up don't be discouraged and a lot of times they like your work they just it's not a fit at the time so yeah Yeah. so keep at it okay so now so you you did your workshops and you've always have you always been shooting film because I know you said you were shooting it even in college yes I actually started on film so my first ever camera was a Minolta 700. I know it's not a very common one, but I loved it. And I shot um, three classes in high school with it. And I had a workshop in college, right? So I, we had to go through about one roll a week, um, which is about 35 photos. And you have to develop and print every single one by hand. So I got very into film. Nice. <laughs> um, yeah, so I and I wanted to incorporate it because there's just something about the quality that I think fits really well with the wedding industry. I think that the like kind of soft, glowy, dreamy look that you can get with film can't necessarily be replicated with digital. Um, I try because I shoot hybrids, so I do both. Um, Lightroom is my savior for that. And so, yeah, I try to do that. I do shoot medium format, though, so that I can make it... Um, a bit big bigger quality for my clients what's your breakdown of like how what will you shoot in film versus what will you shoot in digital um so I kind of try to go back to my roots of being in the magazine world and seeing what images would they want like for these publications right what image or even looking at all these publications doing your market research I think is so important oh my gosh because they're it's saturated it's such a saturated market and so seeing what people like um, is key, I believe. So I look at these photos and I think back to magazine world and I think, okay, what pictures do they want to see? And those are the ones I shoot in film. So all the like family portraits and all of those, I, I'm fine with doing digital. I do match them so that they all look the same so that when I hand them over, they are like, wait, why are all these different? But you won't necessarily shoot like every candid photo on a, like a medium format no, yeah. camera. That would be the dream yeah. if my We'll pay for that. I would love. Well, to that's that, okay. But. So that's my next question because obviously it costs more to to shoot film. So mm. was it difficult for you in terms of figuring out? There's a little, you know, the math is a little bit different when it comes to building packages and building out pricing. Was that 
how did you kind of go about pricing yourself knowing that there's going to be a cost involved? Like, did you know you're always going to shoot approximately this many photos on film? It's going to cost you this much. How did you figure that out? Um, well, starting out, I kind of just bit, bit the, the price a little bit and I did at least one role a wedding just to get the style in, just to get those images so I can match the digital and work on actually my digital editing um, in post. But then I kind of laid out a huge board on my floor of what packages I've seen work and what packages I want to work. And also, since I'm LA and San Francisco based, those are completely different price ranges. Um, plus the fact that you have to take into consider travel, since you know I wanted to be a destination wedding photographer. So it was a, actually a long process to find my packages, but I felt that per location and per um, like if they want film, uh, I kind of put that in like a side note. Like, by the way, if you want yours as a fine art wedding, look like look to me, like please contact me personally and we will wa- walk through that package for you. So do you offer a package that doesn't include film or do you include it in every wedding? Um, actually, none of my packages say film. It's, a, it's kind of like a note at the bottom saying I do shoot fine art weddings um, here are some examples, and if you are interested in this, please email me so we can talk more. I would love to do that. Okay, so it is so it is kind of an add-on in that case then, where you're because it is costing extra. Yeah, yeah. So unless the clients are already like getting a higher package, they're usually more inclined since it is a lot more money. But um, since I'm still kind of figuring out the film and digital world together, I want to make it just a more simple process and not just film or just digital. Got it. Okay, that's really interesting. Mm-hmm. All right, so now so now you're in LA and mm-hmm. you are so you're mostly wed- focused on weddings at this point. And yeah. so you you told me a little bit before this interview that you you said something along the lines of like you won't see me burn out. And I know burnout is <laughs> such a big thing. And also LA, you know, like your se- like you said your season is longer where here in Michigan it's like April through maybe early November and then you're kind of off for the most part unless you have indoor indoor shoots or in or the occasional winter wedding but so how do you avoid burnout in your life and in your business so oh my gosh yes this is uh, um, <laughs> I don't even know where to start yes I mean I even did I had two January weddings this year like it's just and then I had right a November one last year and I was just like there's no break <laughs> like, you're like oh I'll, I'll chill with just doing family portraits right and off seasons which are wonderful I love doing family portraits but for me I um well I have that rule that I've heard a lot of entrepreneurs who work either from home or both home in an office I always get dressed in the morning <laughs> I know sounds so strange but like I think the mentality of just being in work clothes really helps um just get things done especially when you have a big batch of editing to do and you're sitting at a computer you're like nobody's gonna see me but really it's a it's a mental thing um i keep things really clean too i don't like messes so i don't like clutter um i'm very simplistic with my office and i don't i think that just a clear office is clear mind and it makes me more productive and the biggest thing is probably doing the BBG workouts. <laughs> I'm obsessed with, um, it's called BBG because it's, it used to be Bikini Body Guide, but now it's Sweat with Kylie. And it's it's basically like the mentality of being comfortable in a bathing suit rather than 
you know, being a model. <laughs> and so it's, it's beautiful workouts and it's just about like being yourself and doing it at your own pace. And I think that that is such a great distraction one because they're hit workouts. So I am dying during them. <laughs> and so you can't really think of anything else. But also afterwards, you just have this natural high and you're just, you're like bringing on the sunshine. You know, you're just like, you're in a beautiful place. And I think that helps with working with beautiful things like people's wedding photos and stuff like that. So you, do you take a break in the middle of the day to work out? Yeah. I mean, I usually try to attach it with lunch. Luckily, they're only three days a week. So I try to get one maybe during the weekend um, when I don't have a wedding or like on a Sunday and then, you know, two days during the week and then just like walk and yoga for the rest of the week. Something that, you know, as long as it's half an hour, I'm fine, you know, just to recommend meditation. It's yeah, so true. I was even saying to myself, even the simple act of like going out and mowing the lawn or like pulling weeds or something like that, just to get outside and adjust my eyes and be moving or take a walk around the block. I do think that's important. And I have to, my husband works at home too. So Jeff is like usually in some other part of the house and he stays on me. He's like, Allie, have you, la- have you gotten off your chair today? You need to go outside. You need to like go to the YMCA since you joined it and have it back. <laughs> you know, it's good to have somebody to kind of like keep you, keep you honest. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> so then what about just planning in general, planning for success, planning for balance? How do you go about that? Um, well, I have a whiteboard, which actually is one of my best friends in the office. I love it because it's easy to use just because you can see everything at once it's almost like doing one of those secret boards but more just for work and just to like keep you on track also I daily lists like my lists are everything if I don't get through my list I'm like okay what have I done wrong today not wrong but like what have I done that I should have done less of to <laughs> Good, get yeah. done how's that um so I love my list I have a post-it note that has like the lines and Again, I like things clean and precise, so the lines really help me, and I can cross it off. And that feeling you get when you cross something off the list, oh my gosh, love it. Yeah, I'm the same. Yeah, it's it's amazing. And I actually started doing that when I was last in Europe because you know you're you're in this beautiful country, and you're like, I don't need work. What is that? What's that? So that was kind of my way to get work done while I was abroad um, and not get distracted. Nice. Awesome. Well, do you have any just final thoughts for people? I know you have so many different lessons and so many great experiences from your experimentation and adventures, but what do you want to leave people with today? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, Again, I think just go, go, go. Like, just make sure, even if you have, you know, this isn't your full-time job and you want it to be, like, make a point to have, like, at least an hour a day where this is your focus. Like, submit things, plan a shoot, like, find friends who will dress up for you and go in the alley behind your house and take pictures, like anything to learn the art and learn what your style is. I think that's really important is finding your look because, you know, we there are so many of us and we all have such beautiful looks, but I think knowing that you have your unique one will set you apart with your within yourself too, like saying, I have something to offer. I think that would be a wonderful goal to set. Also, I think because I was doing this straight out of college and I was looking at all these wonderful photographers who have been doing it literally 10 years, I felt so young and almost immature doing it. But I was like, no, you know what? They have been doing this for so many years and they have been building this business from the ground up. So I should not compare myself to that. And I think that took me a while. I I definitely did compare. I'll admit 
I definitely was like, she has such pretty photos and she's always in magazines. What am I doing wrong? But really, like, it's just, it's a building process. Um, you are building your business, your brand, your look, your identity as a wedding photographer. And you can't, you have to know the line of where to compare. It's good to do market research, but it's not good to like self-doubt while you're doing these market researches. <laughs> so yeah, okay, wait, and that made me think of one more question when you're earlier talking about I don't remember what it was, but um, so coming from kind of like the more styled magazine background, did you mm-hmm. apply that in helping your clients to style themselves so that you would have that look that you wanted, or do you let your clients just kind of go with whatever they want? Oh, that's a great question. I actually have my clients give me the vendor list um, as soon as they know, like as soon as they have their florist and their any type of designer, like um, cake, anything. And I ask, I contact the vendor themselves and I'm like, hey, what are some ideas you, you're going to try to implement for, you know, so-and-so's wedding? Like, are they are there certain colors? Are there certain like aspects that you want me to capture too, like of your work so we can like build that relationship and network in, in that. And also it helps me on the day of to not just think bridegroom, 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 which can get so easy to do. Um, and instead like think, Oh, I talked to, you know, Stacy about her cake. Let me go look at that and see the details I can incorporate to maybe match the dress that I talked to. What's her name about? So I tried to do a lot of, planning prior to the wedding other than just you know a photo list of of timeline I mean um, I try to like reach out as much as I can so that all of us are kind of working together nice that's really that's really awesome okay and then what about like engagement sessions do you help them style for their engagement session do you like do anything special for those or do you tend to just attract like clients since you've already worked with them in the past or shown styled shoots um, I actually get a, an array of styles, so I don't attract the same yet, at least. Um, <laughs> but I tend to tell, ask them whether, like, since I'm in LA, I get the urban or the nature. So that's my first question with them: like, what kind of look they want? Um, do they want to be in the middle of the city on a sky rise, or do you, they want to overlook the city, or do they want to be in the mountains? Um, and then from there, I either be like, do you want? cozy sweet do you want more professional like romantic and I think that all helps with me giving them some options and then maybe like a pdf of if they're like have no idea I do oh this is what this look looks like in the past and this is what I've gotten from this look just to kind of pull them in one direction so kind of having like a template of questions that you'll ask ahead of time and then knowing yeah sending inspiration Absolutely. Yeah. I give them a a list of questions as soon as they sign the contract. Nice. Perfect. Oh, good stuff. Awesome. (laughs) Uh, Stephanie, so good. So thank you so much. Last thing, can you just tell people where they can find you? Yes. Okay. So, well, as we said, my name is Stephanie Fishbein and that is my website. So very simple, which is my name. And I'm on Instagram as Stephanie Fishbein Photo and I'm in Los Angeles, California or Culver City, whichever you prefer. And I'm also in the Bay Area, so like Berkeley and San Francisco areas. Perfect, yeah, and if you go to photofieldnotes.com, I'll link to those so that you can find her and check out her awesome work on the show notes for this podcast, so check it out, photofieldnotes.com. Stephanie, you're amazing, thank you so much. Thank you so much, Allie, for having me. This has been so much fun. Thanks for listening. Check out show notes at photofieldnotes.com. And if you loved this episode, leave your review on iTunes. See you next week.